morning. And man, we got us a good old-fashioned uh, stare down in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Phelan uh, put forward this property tax bill last night, in addition to a border bill, and uh, then adjourn the House. So there's no got, not going to be any debate, no discussion, nothing going back and forth, nothing about it. The, you, you, uh, Patrick and the senators can't do anything. Ha! They're, they're locked into either accepting the bill that Phelan and the House members sent over or not a nothing at all. Not a total. So this is what we're dealing with. <laughs> uh, so what does it do? Well, I don't want to get off in the weeds and get all, you know, wonky. So we're, we're not going to get deep into what it's doing. You can look that up. Basically, the fight that Patrick and Phelan have had. Uh, Patrick wants to, in the Senate, expand the homestead exemption where you'll be able to take like a hundred grand in the exemption off of the value of your home that's going to be tax-free. Uh, Phelan is his bill that the governor now said last night, late last night he supports, spreads it around and gives the property tax relief to everybody, including corporations and uh, people who own apartment complexes and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so that's the deal. And they're going to take the $12.3 billion in state funds to reduce property school taxes uh, across the state. Okay, so this is where we are in a property tax thing right now. They've got a bill that they got out of the House last night, adjourned the House real quick, so there will not be any debate over it uh, back and forth between the House and the Senate. Dan Patrick has to accept it the way it is or not, not nothing at all. That's, that's the deal. That's the bottom line. What is the best way to fix this? We've gone over that a million times. You've got to decouple the school part. You get the school out of your property taxes. That's at least half of your property taxes. For some of you, it's more than that, 60 65% of your property taxes, school M&O, maintenance and operations. Get that out of your property tax. Your property tax will drop half. How do you fund maintenance operation for the schools, then, if, you, if you're not doing it that way? Well, there's a million things you can do. You cap spending on a statewide level, and all this surplus that we've been talking about, the billions and billions and billions of dollars in surplus savings, you pour that into maintenance and operation. You say, this is how much you're going to get. You also get rid of Robin Hood, which is, you know, socialism at its worst. You get rid of Robin Hood. Um, and then for ongoing M&O, if it seems to be a problem, you, you go with a school tax that is a consumption tax, and it shows on the receipt as a school tax, as a consumption tax. That's what you do. You stay away from what's being pushed by the liberal lefties that are here now to begin, for the first time ever, a statewide income tax. Thank God the last session they made that even harder to do, but uh, because of the votes that they would have to get two-thirds of the legislature and then they'd have to pass with a referendum, statewide referendum with voters before you could do an income tax. So thank God we got that done in the last session, but we're we're down now to where there's people here that are begging for an income tax. Folks, I'm telling you, that is the worst thing you could possibly do. You open up a statewide income tax and they're going to tell you, well, it's only going to be 2%. That's it, just 2% on it. And the next thing you know, it's 22%, and then it's 42%. That's how it works. Because politicians, there's one thing about politicians you need to know. There's several things you need to know, like they're, they're liars and so on. But the other thing you need to know is they love spending your money. It's your money, baby, so they're going to spend the hell out of it as much as they possibly can. They love it, with a few exceptions. And we're going to talk to one in one hour. And you'll hear from her and her, her take on this. And so this is, uh, this is the big statewide story of the day, how Phelan and, uh, and Dan Patrick have been fighting. Uh, the governor has kept his mouth shut on property taxes during this legislative session. But last night, after the House sent that bill over to the Senate and adjourned the House, um, then uh, the, the governor said, hey, I like this. Let's do this one. So, I, look, I have no problem with uh, businesses also getting property tax relief because that means we're getting property tax relief. As I said before, we all pay property taxes multiple times, which, hey, I don't own any properties. I don't pay. No, yes, you do. You're living somewhere. <laughs> you're living somewhere, so you're paying property tax, and you're buying something from somebody who's paying property tax. 
If you're buying chow at the McDonald's, they're paying property tax, and so you're paying property tax when you buy your Big Mac, and on down it goes. You you understand how it works. So that's basically where we are, and uh, we'll see where it all uh, heads today. So in one hour, Donna Campbell, a state senator, is going to join us, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this special session and what happened last night and where this is all going to go. Chip Roy is going to join me at 635 this morning. We're going to be talking about the debt ceiling deal. The biggest part of the Biden-McCarthy budget deal, it puts out there the illusion that federal spending is going to be under control, and it's not anything about dealing with federal spending and getting it under control. It is not. Both President Biden and congressional leaders on the Republican side are going to claim victory, lulling Americans into believing that you know the national debt that's going up is no longer a deadly financial peril to the future of our children and all that kind of stuff. Now, this is another profound failure of the D.C. political class. It perpetually spends trillions of dollars that it does not have, and they're about to do it again. And Chip Roy says no one sent us here to borrow an additional $4 trillion to get absolutely nothing in return, and he's right. Nancy Mace says the government spending grew 40% by $2 trillion from 2019 to 2023. So what this does is, now this is the smoke and mirrors that they're playing with you. We're cutting a trillion. You just heard Marjorie Taylor Greene on the news. And she said, well, they're cutting a trillion dollars. They're cutting a, they're cutting a trillion dollars from the already increase from COVID. Remember, all that money that they put on and raised the budget from $4 trillion a year to over $6 trillion a year, they're not going back to the $4 trillion and cutting they're only cutting a little bit from the $6 trillion. And then they're telling us that's a cut. That's not a cut. <laughs> that's not a cut. The, tr- the COVID stuff should go away anyway because we don't have COVID. COVID is not an issue. So the money that was put there for COVID, well, it claws it back. No, it doesn't. The, there's going to be cities and states all across this country is not going to give that money back. So... You know, you're not getting anything for this. Nothing at all. Joe Biden is getting a, a debt ceiling increase that is limitless. In fact, his economic advisor, Baharat Ramaturi, said, oh, this, this deal's locking in incredibly strong set of progressive accomplishments we've made over the past two years, which means it's locking in the increases to the budget that they have added in the past two years. <laughs> Come on. Who's falling for this? Well, obviously, members of the House are falling for it. Again, you just heard somebody who is one of the most staunch conservatives and Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, this is a great deal. we got to do this. What she's doing is she's clouded by her love for Kevin McCarthy. Remember, she backed him to become the Speaker of the House. We'll see if this deal will cause him to lose it. Will there be a move to vacate the chair? Well, again, you need to be listening at 635 because Chip Roy is going to discuss that with me, or I'm going to bring that up with him at 6.35 this morning and vacate the chair of Kevin McCarthy for pushing this thing that clearly, clearly is not going to save the American taxpayer money. In fact, it's going to add trillions more to our debt in the United States when we can't afford it. We don't have the money. And we're going to be borrowing from China once again to go deeper into debt till we're just bankrupt. And somebody somewhere along the lines has to stand up and make sure that doesn't happen. And there's 20 conservatives from the House right now that are trying to stop this deal. And, again, Chip will be here at 635 to talk about it. Traffic and weather coming up next. Trey Ware, KTSA. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love them. All right, it's a 520. Trey Ware here at KTSA, 210-599-5555. All right, Elaine. All right, boys. What's up? Move over, Robert De Niro. Al Pacino, 83 years old, is Preggers. Who is? Which? Al Pacino at ah, 83. Yeah, had a boy, Al. <laughs> yeah, you can call yeah. me Al. Isn't, uh, isn't his, his uh, girlfriend like 29 years old or something? Well, like yes, she is. As a matter of fact, she's exactly 29. What right. a smart lady. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah, they all say he's robbing the cradle. No, he ain't robbing no cradle. She's robbing the bank. That's what's going yeah. on. 
It's the uh, friendliest heist ever. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so, you know, I, I have to just tell you. I 83 to 29. So that's like that would be my granddaughter's ages to me. Right. Right. Yeah. The despair. Yeah. Yeah. The the gulf between us. And I'm like, OK, I know I, I want nothing to do with them. <laughs> we, we have nothing in common. What we, what does Al Pacino sit around and talk about with a 29 year old girlfriend? Somebody tell me. Apparently they're not talking much. <laughs> it's, a of, yeah. it's a lot of it's a lot of Yeah, look, I've never gotten it. I've never understood it. I, I've had uh, business friends in my life that when they got much older. They uh, traded in their wife. They used to joke, you know, I'm going to trade you in. When you hit 50, I'm going to trade you in for 225s, you know, that kind of crap. Right. And a couple of them actually did it. And I'm like, dude, you realize you're 80. Why are you dating a 22-year-old? What is the – what is the – What's the allure with that? What what makes that even a something that comes up in somebody's head? Well, I can see it from her side of he'll be in bed by 6 p.m., <laughs> and then I have the rest of the night to myself. <laughs> well, that's a possibility, I suppose. And then when he wakes up to go pee at 3 a.m., I'll yeah. be coming home. Well, what's, know, plus, what is it, it for him, though? I mean, know, in a couple of years, she can you know have them both at the table and, and feed the, spoon feed them both strained peas and stuff like that. So, <laughs> the yeah. baby's yeah. there. She's being so, applesauce. She's wipe being very, chin. very efficient. You yeah. like having twins that are 83 years apart. Uh, I, think, I think she's the winner in so, this one. So she'll have How to be. How can you lose? She'll be changing the baby's diapers and his. And his, right. <laughs> Well, maybe that's it. I don't know, but I mean, I, I don't know what older guys see in in twenty year olds and all that kind of. You know, seriously, I mean, I'm not trying to okay, slam so. any twenty year olds, but look, I, I part of my relationship is I want to have intelligent conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I want to have a discussion where, where where we share some life experiences, right? And that's that you've lived a little bit. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. yeah, the wedding I'm going to later this month. He's fifty. She's thirty four. Uh, let's see, 16 years? It's not too that's, that's, No. That's reasonable. You know, but, but, but 54 years, that's a long time. Yeah, but he's yeah. not also yeah. marrying her for conversation. Oh, he's not? <laughs> yes, no. sometimes, you, you, sometimes you don't care. You're going to show pictures? <laughs> oh, I'll show you pictures. Okay. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. He's marrying her because she's hot? Is that yes, what you're saying? She's, she's hot. very hot. But he also now has two kids. He has two right. stepkids. He probably has kids her age, right? Well, that's a possibility. Good. He did the ancestry in me, and I don't know. So nobody's called him up and said yes. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so maybe he's uh, gotten scot free. It's just know. weird, you know. Here's Al Pacino at 83, dating a 29 year old, and she's eight months pregnant with mm-hmm. his kid. Right. Now, that would not have been possible 15 years ago before the little blue pill. That just was not. That was not going to happen. Right. So now with now with the blue pill. You, you you keep going till you're 100 years old. Just keep going. So Mick, I don't know if you'd want to. <laughs> so Mick Jagger. For yourself. Mick Jagger, De Niro, and Pacino, right? right. Those yeah. three have all had kids. Who? Mick Jagger, De Niro, and Pacino have all I had. I guess Jagger did. I forgot oh, yeah, about no, him. He was That's like, right. what, 77? Yeah, I forgot something? about that yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I have my friend Kevin, who's 61. I've known him for nearly 40 years at this point. He's 61. His wife is in his early early 30s, and they just had a baby. Oh, well. You know? Okay. And his big joke is, oh, I'm not going to live to see this one graduate. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I had a friend who yeah. did that, too, and he said right. the same thing. He said, I'm going to be – I'll be in my 80s when this one gets out of high school. Yeah. yeah like, don't, oh, don't, wow. don't write that in the birthday card, uh, right. Kevin. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. Happy birthday, son. Won't be around when you graduate. I yeah. just I, – I don't – you know, even before you get to the point of the of, – of the, of being pregnant i don't know what the attraction is i'm sorry i just i don't get it when you're 83 and you're looking at a 29 year old i'm like i raised all the kids i want to raise i don't want to raise another one i don't don't want to babysit (laughs) you you know what the attraction is you're you're, you're high yeah you notice don Don and i are just being quiet it's trey show let him talk i was single in my mid-40s let me tell you (laughs) the attraction is boom shaka like a boom ba boom ba okay I got right. you. All right. It was awesome. There's more <laughs> there's more to life than sex, guys. 
You don't need to tell me. I'm the one who's celibate. <laughs> what? More to life. Yeah. No, you'll, you'll live with, you know, everyone lasted growing up without sex. You'll be fine. Yeah. It's okay. You'll yeah, but it, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> I have to agree with Don Morgan. Yeah, point. There you go. Yeah, point with yeah. Don. Yeah. All right. Just had to ask. We'll bring it up again later. And, uh, <laughs> and so will see, see if we. Yeah. See. <laughs> Thank you, Pfizer. Uh, 526 now. The Biden administration is going to start putting all those windmills in the Gulf of Mexico. I've got the plan, and I'll explain coming up here in just a little while. Republicans saying they're going to hold Christopher Wray in contempt of Congress because he won't turn over that, uh, that memo. No, they're not. You can't, th- what are you going to do to him? What are you going to do? I've already told you how to end this deal right now. You defund the FBI. That's it. We're going to shut down. No, nope, not another dollar. Not another penny going to the FBI, and that'll get Christopher Ray's attention. But, oh, you're holding me in contempt? Oh, really? Ooh, boy, you're getting me now, aren't you? You're holding me in contempt. What does he care? And he's not going to get locked up for being in contempt, number one, because nobody ever does that in D.C., but number two, guess who would have to lock him up? Merrick Garland's Department of Justice. Come on. You just... (laughs) You're bullcrapping me. <laughs> I don't like to be bullcrapped. <laughs> Sorry, but that's what you're doing, man. Unless you get serious and say, the FBI's done. I'm yanking the funding. I'm not, not sending another dime. You can forget it. Here's the bill. Boom, boom, boom. Unless you do that, you can forget about this whole contempt. You're just playing a little shell game. It's just it's stupidity. All right, so uh, got some more Bud Light numbers out for you. And the mustachioed... A uh, guy at Disney World, Disneyland, wearing a dress. Disney is full out going after you if you're a traditional family member, man. They really are. They're, they got a war on traditional families. But we're going to talk about that as well. And don't forget, coming up right after 6, State Senator Donna Campbell will join me. We're going to talk about this, uh, whatever you want to call this, relief on property taxes. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then at uh, 6.35 this morning, the star of the hour, Chip Roy, is going to join us, uh, national star right now because of what's going on. He's leading the charge against the debt ceiling deal. So we'll talk about that with him coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, I'm Shane Rowley. Yesterday, the republic will no longer exist if Donald Trump gets back into office. Isn't it interesting? We've got a, um, we've got a new presidential race coming up this year, and all the old faces – they're starting to resurface, so you're starting to see James Comey and Hillary Clinton. All oh, John Brennan's back out there again. They're all showing up again because they're going to try to destroy the Republicans again, whoever the Republican nominee ends up being. But here's my point. Now the old media is turning their attention and their vitriol to Ron DeSantis. By the way, DeSantis is coming to town or, or to Texas next week. I don't think he's going to be in San Antonio. I haven't I haven't seen anything about San Antonio, but he is going to be swe- uh, sweeping through Texas uh, next week. He was in Iowa uh, last night with a speech, and then so was the president, or so was uh, Donald Trump. By the way, um, but <laughs> now <laughs> the alphabet media says that DeSantis is even more dangerous than Donald Trump could have ever been. In fact, taking the, the, the words of them when they say, you know, uh, you're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist, there's your racist card, you're a racist. So if everybody's a racist, nobody's a racist. Now, now, Ron DeSantis is the second coming of Hitler, which we heard about Donald Trump as well. And so if everybody's Hitler, nobody's Hitler. <laughs> That's what they're saying. He's Hitler, he's Hitler, he's Hitler, he's Hitler. Okay, guys, if it's just like those of you who use racist on every answer to every question because you don't have an intelligent viewpoint and stance that you can defend. You can't just pull out Hitler on everything, too. All right? And all that is becoming is your dog whistle that you don't have an answer. You don't have an argument. So you're Hitler. He's Hitler. Which shuts down the debate like you're a racist shuts down the debate, too. Well, you're just Hitler. <laughs> Um, when, when sane people and, and Democrats are not sane, Democrats are not of sound mind. You, you have to have insanity before you can be a Democrat in this country. 
and buy off on Democrat principles. Just the abortion issue is the only one that you can, you know, uh, the only evidence I need to uphold on that. You're insane if you believe in abortion. You're insane. And so he's, <laughs> yeah, Hitler, he's Hitler, everybody's Hitler. And, and sane people who know history um, wouldn't even make a classification. Hitler, one of a kind in infamy, standing out in all of history. Um, maybe we could look at a couple of other lives of people in the past and say, yeah, they got pretty close to Hitler, uh, pretty close to you know his savageness and his murderous uh, background and who he was. Uh, but applying that to modern-day politicians, such as Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, is just stupid. It's, it shows your lack of intelligence and the fact that you don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, hey, they can go on MSNBC, and which they're doing right now. You know, that, that Matthew Dowd guy that they brought in here to tell me ABC tried to push him off on me. He's a conservative. He wants to do a team show with you. It'll be a great conservative team show. And they brought him in here, and in two seconds I knew he was a wolf in, in sheep's clothing. He was not a conservative. And he's out there. He's a Hitler. DeSantis is a Hitler. <laughs> Whatever. You guys are so you're, you're so childish. You, you have no intellectual argument that you can make against Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump, so you just name call. It's utter stupidity. Now, I do think that Trump's jerky side showed up yesterday. He can be a jerk. And for a lot of people, they like that. They like the fact that he can be a jerk. He was the first one that actually stood up to the establishment, the swamp, as he called him, and he was a jerk right back to him after they were being a jerk to him, right? But he has a tendency right now, because he's running for the – for the nomination, he has a tendency to be a jerk to the people he doesn't need to be a jerk to. And uh, yesterday, he went after Kaylee McEnany. Now, I got to tell you, I'm not a big fan of hers. I could take her or leave her. It doesn't, she doesn't matter to me one way or the other. She's okay, but, you know, whatever. But I will tell you this. She took a lot of bullets for him. She stood up at that uh, podium and had her book, and she had the answers to everything. And when the media was calling him Hitler and going after Donald Trump, she had his back. She had his six. She covered him very well. She really did. She took care of the man and took a lot of bullets for him, stood out front while, you know, uh, the the media and everybody else was leveling, leveling their fire at, at uh, Donald Trump. Well, apparently according to him and i don't know if this is all accurate or not but according to him she went on fox news and said that he was 25 ahead of ron DeSantis, when in fact he was 34 ahead of ron DeSantis, and that made him mad so he went on truth social and he tweeted kayla milktoast McEnany just gave out the wrong poll numbers on fox news i am 34 points up on DeSanctimonious, not 25 up while 25 is great, it's not 34. She knew the number was corrected upwards by the group that did the poll. The rhinos and the globalists can have her. Fox News should use only real stars. What's the point in that? No, seriously, what is the point in that? Uh, President Trump, I liked what you did when you were office. Your enemy is not Kaylee McEnany. The country's enemy is not Kaylee McEnany. Uh, She is not destroying the United States of America. Your enemy and your fire should be leveled at Joe Biden and all those Democrats who are fundamentally transforming our country and stealing the United States of America out from underneath us. What put you into office in 2016 was you had a very simple message and you had a clear enemy. And you took that very simple message to those of us who needed somebody to deliver that message and you went right at your clear enemy. And it worked. Your enemy is not Ron DeSantis, although I know you're running for nomination up against him. And DeSantis said yesterday, you need to focus more. You know, he's focusing on me. I'm going to focus on Joe Biden, and I wish he would focus on Joe Biden, too. I agree with that. But I also say, Kaylee McEnany, you're going after her? 
And I don't even know if it's, you know, if she misquoted the poll or it was a screwed up deal or she got the wrong information. It, it didn't seem to me after she took so many bullets for, for the president that she would intentionally say, no, I'm going to cut 10 points off of his off of his lead. Why would she do that? That doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. So anyway, uh, it, it just seemed his messaging is way off right now. And I think it's going to hurt him in the long run. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. America's Diamond offers our five years, 60 months. Newsmaker hotline. Love to have you say the Pledge of Allegiance. Just call 210-654-5155. That is the voicemail. You can leave the Pledge of Allegiance on there. 210-654-5155. Well, KTSA and Kitchen Designs by Giovanni presenting Operation Interdependence now through July 4. We are collecting the needed items for our troops that are around the world being deployed on the cause of liberty. All of our sponsors, drop-off locations for a complete list of the items needed, just go to KTSA.com. Operation Interdependence brought to you in part by the Institute for Functional Health, Southwest Metal Roofing Systems, Airtron, Window World Specs, and River City Rock Tops. And thank you very much for helping out with that. A little after uh, 6, State Senator Donna Campbell is going to join me. We're going to talk about the special session that is no more. <laughs> well, let me explain. Uh, very interesting going-ons in Austin last night. So the House passed a property tax relief bill, as they call it. And then they immediately, right away, adjourned which means it goes over to the Senate now, and the Senate, uh, headed up by Dan Patrick, is not in agreement with the way this bill came in what's in this bill. But he can't do anything about it because there won't be a back and forth because there is no house to go back and forth with. So accept this bill or nothing at all. Here it is. Here's the property tax relief bill. Accept this or you, go, you don't get anything else at all because we are adjourned over here in the House. It is a procedural thing. It's a procedural move that's completely legal. Phelan doesn't like uh, Dan Patrick. The governor has been quiet uh, throughout the entire session on property taxes. The governor came out last night in support of the Phelan plan and the House plan. And I just need to simplify it so we don't get wonky, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning, simplify what, what they sent over. So the House, with no floor debate, <laughs> had this thing obviously ready to go, no floor debate. We're told that it lowers taxes property owners pay to the school districts spreads out the savings to all property owners, and those are even businesses who own commercial property, investors who own rental property, people who own their primary residence. Now, the problem with it over in the Senate, they had passed a bill, unanimously approved, it was called Senate Bill 1, that would lower the school district property tax rates and expand the homestead exemption. There was no homestead exemption at all in what the House uh, passed last night because the governor had not included homestead exemption in the discussion. That's what's really ticked off Dan Patrick, is he wants you to be able to take more of a homestead exemption. Right now it's $40,000. The Senate proposed raising the school district homestead exemption to 70000 and in their latest proposal that they put out yesterday, they wanted to raise it to 100000 which gives more relief to homeowners than it does to business owners. Now, we all pay property taxes. If you rent a piece of property, you're still paying property taxes because the owner is, 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 is sending that on through you. If you go buy a hamburger or a, or a T-shirt, you're paying property taxes because the people who own those businesses are sending those to you. So I have no problem really with businesses getting it, you know, getting a, getting a, a reduction. But homeowners bear the largest burden of property taxes in the state, about 60%. And about 60% of the property taxes are paid by homeowners. Well, you you need to give them more relief. And the $100,000 exemption is, is a fine thing to do. Well, people say, well, how do, how do I fund the schools then? What do we do to pay for the schools? How do we how do we do that? Well, I've addressed that many, many times, and I'll do it one more time, and uh, then Donna Campbell will come on after, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit with her. Uh, first of all, you have, to, you have to, I think, in my estimation, decouple. Property taxes, your property taxes, your school taxes, remove the school taxes out of the property taxes. You have to totally decouple those. Because that's about 50 to 60% of your property taxes are school taxes. You have to limit the amount that the that the government, can, the state government can spend. They already run in a surplus. This year they went into this session with about $40 billion surplus. So they could use that surplus to pay for the M&O over at the school districts, maintenance and operations over at the school districts. Okay, They got money to be able to do that. Uh, 
if for some reason they needed to create a school tax that's not a property tax, a school tax, because right now schools are pricing people out of their homes because of being in the property tax. Then you create a consumption tax, and you call it a school consumption tax. And so when you buy something, and it spreads it around all across the state, when you buy something right down there, it's going to say school consumption tax or school tax and on the receipt, and that money is going to go to fund the M&O at the schools, and then you get serious with these schools about holding their M&O, their maintenance and operations, in serious check and even cutting their budgets at some of these schools. Oh, and meanwhile, you get rid of Robin Hood. Get rid of Robin Hood. That's the worst thing that ever happened to education in the state of Texas. So, anyway, Donna Campbell's coming up. Don't forget, Chip Roy is going to join me at 635. The other big story of the day is the debt ceiling increase. And we got a lot to do uh, on that as well. Coming up, Trey Ware, KTSA. Your smile says a lot, so you don't want a same morning news with Trey Ware. You know, I think everyone should listen to <laughs> Now on FM 1071. <laughs> okay. 606, good morning. Well, without getting wonky and weedy out in the weeds with you, we're going to need to talk about this property tax thing because there's no other subject that I bring up on the radio right now that sparks the kind of interest because it affects everybody. It touches everybody. And so they went through the entire session and couldn't get together. By the way, Dan Patrick and Dade Phelan don't like each other, and I do, I do believe it's personal, but now it's political, and now it's back and forth, and they, they couldn't come up with a plan during the normal session, the regular session, on property tax relief. So as, as soon as the session ended, the governor called a special session, and that ended in no time at all because the House passed out a plan without any floor debate, and it basically doesn't have homestead exemption in there, which Dan Patrick says it's got to be a part of, of eliminating property taxes or reducing property taxes because the vast majority of property taxes are paid by, well, 60%, by homeowners, not by commercial property owners. And the, the one over on the, on the house includes homeowners, obviously, but it also includes, you know, commercial property, uh, you know, guys who have rental properties and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, now what what has happened, the, the House passed out that bill. It doesn't have homestead exemption. They said, well, the governor didn't include homestead exemption, so we couldn't do it. And they sent it over to the Senate, and the Senate has to accept it the way it is. They can't have any go back and forth now because the House adjourned. We're done. Now here's the bill. You either accept it or it's either this or nothing. Dan Patrick is hopping mad right now. He wants that homestead exemption. In fact, Yesterday, I understand they raised it. It started at forty. It went to seventy. Now they've got it up to a hundred thousand dollar homestead exemption to help out homeowners. Now you and I, I have talked a lot about how to get rid, severely lower the property tax right away, and then get rid of the property tax altogether. And we're not going to get into that right now. Uh, but you've heard my thoughts on how we can uh, march in that direction. You got to decouple the school. You got to get the schools out of the property tax. You got to, and fund it a different way. So let's bring in uh, my state senator, Senator Donna Campbell, is going to join us right now on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline to talk about this thing that's going on up in Austin. Senator, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. It's good to have you. I, I'm curious what you think about what happened last night. Pretty interesting move, huh? Well, it was pretty quick. I wasn't expecting it to uh, turn out like that. With the house just using compression only to have a property tax cut and it it still has to come over to us and ours didn't get to them or it's not going to get referred so right so let's talk about compression real quick i don't want to get all wonky on people this this time of the day but uh, you know compression is a reduction in the in the school property explain what that is explain how compression works well com um, school property taxes is the biggest component of our tax. Between 50 tax and 60 percent on most people, yes. Exactly. So uh, one way to which we you know, have tried to do, we did it with House Bill 3 a couple of years ago, is to decrease the amount, basically just dec it's the way to just decrease the amount of what's called the MNO, the Tier 1 portion of the um, school tax. And whenever we, anything we decrease there, the state has to make up for it. We have to make them whole. Mm -hmm. And 
it also is something that as we make them whole, that's something we have to pay for every session. I mean, in perpetuity, mm-hmm. we have to we have to fill that portion, and to completely get rid of the school, the school tax period, or at least the tier one, the M and O, it would take fifty five billion at at this point, and only to grow in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, just that part, just that part, we don't have the money in the budget to do that every every session mm-hmm. and it would keep growing and if we had a down year where we did not have enough money you know this time we had a, a, a surplus mm-hmm. but if we didn't have enough money that would end up being clawed back somewhat we and so that is not something that's really looked at as a permanent tax cut mm-hmm. homestead exemption on the other hand that goes into the constitution mm-hmm. that helps people who are own and live in their property. The compression dollars for that go across all property mm-hmm. owners, whether it's property owned by a trust, a business, uh, just personal property residence that you live in. So the call was more just to address property tax re- to decrease this compression mm-hmm. compression rate, to right. decrease taxes by a compression rate, taking the money off of the top of the maintenance and operation of mm-hmm. schools. Right. And we have a difference because we want we we want about two thirds compression and about one third homestead. Right now we have forty forty thousand dollar homestead exemption. Mm-hmm. Regular session we had seventy thousand. The house moved homestead exemption up to a hundred thousand. Right. So this time we came back with a hundred thousand and Boom. It was open and shut before we could. Yeah, and, and now you can't negotiate because the house is, is adjourned. Why, why can't we do both? Why can't we do a mixture of compression and raising the homestead exemption up to $100,000? And that way you're taking care of the primary payers, which is, is homeowners. They're the primary payers of property tax in the state of Texas, about 60%. The rest is, is about 40%, as I understand the, the makeup of that. Why can't we take care of homeowners by raising it, the, the homestead exemption to, to 100000 and at the same time do the compression by feeding a little bit of money into the M&O over the schools? Can't we do both? Well, that's exactly what our Senate bill de- does. We passed it out yesterday, and it provided for a $100,000 homestead exemption as well as some compression, mm-hmm. you know, and it actually, when you calculate all that together, it would save somewhere around twelve hundred and fifty to fourteen hundred fifty dollars per year on your property taxes. Right, right. Instead, so of, we wanted both. You you described it perfectly. And the house, uh, the house plan will cut that in about in half. I understand that that fourteen hundred that you were yeah. talking about takes it about takes about seven hundred out of that deal because they don't uh, they don't raise the homestead exemption. Um, it, it's, exactly it, it can right. be very confusing for a lot of people to try to figure out exactly what's going on. I, I am a major proponent of decoupling the school out of it. And if we've got to take a look at a consumption tax, because that's going to me- immediately lower everybody's uh, property taxes by half or more. Uh, and, and so you can immediately see a big savings there. Right now, as you well know, Donna, the, the, the property taxes in Texas are pricing people out of their homes. And and people who would like to buy homes can't afford to buy homes because property tax here. we got to do it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I hate that. It's, I mean, I don't know of anybody's that's not expensive. And But if we only have, and I, I just would love to cu- decouple. Mm-hmm. Property, well, I'd like us not to have property tax. Right. But if we only have one, we've got to have, and the state only benefits from property tax because as the school, if, if there's more property tax so the school doesn't have to be funded as much by the state, the state gains. But when there's not enough tax, then the state has to fill in or make whole. Right. And, but if we only have one way to bring in state revenue, which is by sales tax. And we've got oil and gas, we have some of those other ways, but it's mainly a tax. Then the, a concern would be, would people go to another state to buy their goods? If we have a downturn and people are not spending for sales, you know, to gain sales tax, 
how do we gain revenue? And I mean, I've, I've always been for a consumption tax, yeah. but I, I can just see how the, you know, it's not as, well, just having all your eggs in one basket can be, uh, yeah. could be risky, but I, I like the idea of a consumption tax. And right now, if we got rid of all the M&O, uh-huh. let's see, I think our tax would be, oh, I think they calculated 13 cents, but to have a full, full on decrease, I mean, do away with property tax. Uh-huh. I think the sales tax would be up around 20-something percent. But I don't have those numbers in front of me. Well, but we can certainly – I mean, that's – and and we could get – you know, that's that's a discussion, I suppose, for another day. I I, am a big believer in unleashing uh, Texas energy, telling – uh, DC that with the 10th amendment is in effect we run the we run the show here and we're going to oh, yeah. we're going to build more of our of our critical infrastructure to unleash our energy sell that around the world and use that to subsidize the MNO over at the schools and getting rid of the property tax altogether but that's a big lift and, and for the oh. next the next session but that's what I I would that's where my head is is that we could get to eliminating the the property tax altogether but right now we got to take and as many be wonderful yeah, yeah. but we got to take as many chunks out out of it right now as we can and if we can get 50 to 60 yes. percent out by decoupling the schools out of it and going with the consumption tax and and call it what it is right on the receipt whenever somebody buys something there's your school tax call it that when, when it, right. okay, you got a receipt and down at the bottom it says school tax on on your burger on your t-shirt whatever it is you buy so you know exactly what you're going to be spending on the schools but apparently there's not you know, a that is good what's that that's a good idea that's a good idea yeah well, uh, every once in a while, lightning will strike. It doesn't happen that often, so <laughs> I got to let you go. I appreciate it, and and you know what? We're going to be following this throughout the day today because I think it's going to be a very interesting day for you guys, and we'll holler back at you. Okay. Thank you, Donna. That is State Senator Donna Campbell joining me right here on KTSA. Quick break, 210-599-5555. Don't forget that Chip Roy is coming up at 635. Diamond Decks of San Antonio. Diamond Decks TX is where you find them online. I hope you'll go over and check them out because seeing truly is believing. We all love outdoor living, don't we? And it's so cool when you've got a cool space to hang out during the summer or a warm space during the winter. Yeah, we like to cook outdoors. We like to gather with our friends outdoors. We like to enjoy outdoors as much as possible. And our friends at Diamond Decks can create that space for you. Whether you already have an existing deck or patio and you're thinking about expanding it or improving it, maybe you want to add that outdoor kitchen and you're looking for somebody to help you design that and put that together. Well, this is what Diamond Decks will do for you. It's not just wooden decks, guys. They do it all. They do stamped concrete and they do all kinds of beautiful pergolas and they can do a a gorgeous uh, gazebo for you with a fire pit in it, and those kind of things that can really make happen for your outdoor living. If you can dream it, Diamond Decks can make it a reality in your life. Check them out online at diamonddeckstx.com. Here's that AccuWeather. Clouds and sun in the upper 80s now through Friday. Right now it's 68 at KTSA. Good morning. We do have a trouble spot on Loop. Where KTSA, 210-599-5555. I want to flip over now and talk about the culture stuff that's going on right now because we see a a huge, huge pushback against the tranny world and all the cultural changes and the sexualization of children that they're trying to do here in our country. Bud Light, their sales crashed 30% in one week last week. I suppose a lot of people figured that time was going to heal and all Budweiser and, you know, (laughs) trans... (laughs) Transheiser.com, Transheiser Bush, all that they would have to do is just kind of wait things out and, hey, it would all get better, but it's not happening that way. In fact, it's getting worse as time goes on. I don't know if you saw the videos online, but George Strait had a concert and they had all the Bud Light there that they could buy and nobody was touching Bud Light. They were buying everything else, buying Lone Star, buying Coors Light, buying everything, but nobody wants to be seen with a Bud Light in their hand, and it's understandable. They had a great market position. They were the number one brand in America, and they threw it all away because they wanted to get with this guy who is mocking women. That's what he's doing, mocking women. Their stock price is way, way down. And the thing about it is most Americans were like, live and let live. You know, we have a high tolerance. You know, we'll let you do your thing. Just stop it. 
But what they demand in the trans community is you support them, you buy off on the lie, and you push it on through. A question. Yeah. When did the Harley Davidson cans come out? Last week. Okay, so obviously they're going macho, macho. Yeah. Yeah. And Harley's. Jumped uh-huh. in on with them and said, okay, oh, I, on the, on the Anheuser, that's but on, not Bud Light. That's right. That's on the Bud King, right. the, the, the red Budweiser. I'm not real sure if Bud, uh, how much Harley's got to do with this at all. I mean, The they, commercials are just so obvious of, of what they're trying to do. Well, you know that Bud Light did a camo can last week. Okay, obvious. Or two weeks ago. Yeah, obvious. And, and they was like, okay, we want to, Macho, know, macho. Right. And then Budweiser announced, but that, that I think Harley, that one was macho, already done. Macho. I don't think that was in a response to this. I think it was already done. Well, then it's just good timing and yeah. coincidence that everything's macho, but, macho now. But it's not going to work. It's, it, nobody's buying off on it. We're nope. going to show horses run across right. the plains. Exactly. Who's, nobody wants anything to do with that. You mocked women. You have been mocking women. And the people that get mad at the people boycotting them, well, then why aren't you buying Bud Light to support them? Yeah, go buy it. And case. help their sales go up. I, I keep telling you guys, I keep going to these stores, and there's plenty of Bud Light to be had. Nobody's buying the junk. And it is junk, by the way. It's not even a good beer. Uh, and, and here we go with Target. Target now has lost $12.5 billion in market value. $12.5 billion. After they came out with the clothing for little bitty infants to tuck and bind. This is Target. Target also is partnering with education group focused on hiding identification. You know, if your kiddo changes the ID at the school, Target is working with an education uh, company that is helping schools teach kids to lie to their parents. And they're pushing sexually explicit books in school. Average Americans were living their lives and just going about their business until these trans nuts, and that's what they are, they're trans nuts, decided they were going to push this off on you and make you respond. Disney. Video out right now. Outside of Bippity Boppity Boop, which my granddaughters have done before, and it's a wonderful thing. They go in, they get dressed up as princesses, and they go around the park all dressed up as a princess. They get all made up. They get treated like queens all day long. Hello, princess. It's a wonderful thing. But no, not for Disney anymore because they are attacking the traditional American family now. Walt, I'm so sorry. I know you're turning in your grave. But now they've got a guy with a mustache dressed as a woman outside of bippity-boppity-boop. Come on in here and get your clothes and get your hair done and get your face done. You look so cute, you little princess. And it's a dude. It's just like if I were doing it. It's sick. It is a, this trans nutism is a sickness. It's an insanity is what it is. But what makes it even worse of a sickness is they're sexualizing our children. The children are the target. Our children. This is not in a nightclub for 21 and over in a seedy side of town. No, they have decided to take it right to Disney World, right to the beer you're drinking, right to the store that you shop in. And it's in your face. And most adults can walk past it and say, oh, the nuts, what the hell, I don't care. But it's not about adults for them. The target is your child. They want your child. It's very demonic. It's extremely demonic what is happening in our culture in America with this trans nonsense that's going on. It is demonic. The demons are behind it. I know you don't like to hear that on secular radio. It should be on a Christian radio station to say things like that. But if you want to see what I'm talking about, you want proof, I want you to go to Google right now and type in Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and take a look at them. Take a look at them. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And the Los Angeles Dodgers are welcoming them to their game on June 14th, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Because they welcome everybody, as they say at the Los Angeles Dodgers, everybody is welcome here unless you're a Christian. We won't pick on anybody. You know, we welcome everybody. So if you're a tranny or you're gay or whatever, you like buffaloes, whatever, we welcome you. But we don't welcome Christians, the ones we're going to hate on. Are Christians. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Just take a look at the pictures on, on Google. 
And you tell me this is not demonic, and you tell me this is not what they plan to do about Christians and children in America. Take a quick break. Chip Roy is coming up next. I want to tell you about uh, our friends over at Lifestyles Unlimited and FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. Planning for the future means having passive streams of income. It's a major difference maker in the lives of people who invest. To know what you're doing in real estate is the bottom line because you want to have real estate in your portfolio. In fact, some of you will want real estate to be the dominant part of your portfolio. And your friends at FinancialFreedomLivestream.com, that's Del Wamsley, David Fisher, their team, they will teach you online or in person, whichever you prefer, how to invest in real estate, how to compound your wins and start really making money where you can retire in five years or less. Just go to the website and check it out. Use my name as your promo code. they got great discounts if you do. FinancialFreedomLivestream.com, promo code WARE, W-A-R-E. When it comes to getting work done on your property. Seven now, Trey Ware, 550 KTSA FM 1071, the Trey Ware page, KTSA.com. Remember the days of crying John Boehner or lying Paul Ryan? And they were, oh, man, telling you one thing and doing something completely different. And it was, you know, batting for the other team. Sure, man, they... They, with the exception of about 20 Republicans in the House, they play for the same team up there, man. One's wearing a blue jersey, one's wearing a red jersey, and we're not fooled anymore. We know exactly what the game is because we have people like Chip Roy, my congressman, who is doing a great job leading the way on things like this debt ceiling nonsense they're trying to pull on us right now. Uh, Chip, thanks for standing up. Uh, congressman, I appreciate you coming back on the show. Happy to be on, Trey. Hope you're doing well. This is just uh, w- watching them do this all over again. How many how many more times do they think they can pull this kind of uh, shenanigans and let the American people go along or expect the American people to go along with it? I mean, you know, look, the, the, the problem with Washington is that it gets divorced from the reality of what you have to do in your life, what every person listening to this has to do in their life and small business because you're forced to actually deal with the limit of what you have, right? The savings, the income, you're constrained. Washington is not constrained. This is a never-ending problem. I have some of the, even of some of the good guys up here are buying into the failed approach. We're seeing it happen right now. Um, I'm not sure what the final vote will be today. We're, we're working it hard, trying to make sure that not too many of the good guys, you know, fall into this trap. But what's happened is people see how, how, how everything's headed, and then they get, a, they get a very fractional win, right? It's, in this case, effectively a two-year spending freeze in exchange for $4 trillion of debt. But that's literally basically what my Republican colleagues who have bought into this are trying to sell people. It blows my mind that they think that accepting the new baseline post-COVID, the massive growth of government, and then freezing that for two years is somehow a win Ugh. to justify increasing debt another $4 trillion. Yet I made that argument. Um, my Republican colleagues in leadership, my Republican colleagues, hell, even a couple of my Freedom Caucus colleagues are saying, well, Chip, it's the best you can do nah. with the Democrat Senate and a Democrat in the White House. I disagree. I think we have an obligation to fight for something that we can actually defend. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish this not. I wish it weren't heading this way, but uh, but there's a large block of us that are still trying to make the case. You refuse to compromise your principles, and that's why our audience, in particular, but a lot of people across this country, are with you, and why we've seen your face on national media a lot lately because people are demanding to hear more from from your side of things. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, she was a disappointment this morning because she's saying this is a great deal. We're going to be able to save 1.2 trillion dollars. We're clawing back some of that IRS money. Look, you, you're clawing back about two percent or whatever it is off of the IRS. So instead of, you know, 87,000 agents, you're going to have 85,000 agents, whatever it turns out to be. So that doesn't make any sense. That's not helpful at all. And you're absolutely right. The best, as I understand this, Chip, is that all this does is set the COVID spending as the new baseline, which is an explosion of the size of government. This is ridiculous. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and then with all, all due respect to, to my colleagues, you, you mentioned one who are defending it. Like, take the IRS provision. You just pointed out exactly right. It's a $1.4 billion uh, uh, halt to IRS spending this particular year. 
but it leaves the 76, you know, 78.6 billion of it <laughs> yeah, in place. Right. And then you say, okay, and look, let me be completely fair. Technically, when we go through the appropriations process, we might be able to go claw back more of that IRS money. But here's how that will be used. Some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who are now voting for this bill in mass, they will go grab a little of that IRS money to pay for different bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. Because, because the few cuts that we did get, and there are some cuts for non-defense spending, they're going to go grab that IRS money to go pay for that. Now, some of my Republican colleagues will say, well, guess what, Chip? That's a win. It's the best we can do. I'm saying, hold on. That means you're selling essentially fake cuts. It's like the COVID rescissions. They went and grabbed the $29 billion of leftover COVID money, which, by the way, wasn't all of it. They only got a piece of it. They took that money. And they got six trillion of it, and they and they gave that back to the taxpayers. God bless America. But twenty-two billion got swept out over into an account in commerce to just be used for whatever they want to use it for. It's the same old Washington two-step, and unfortunately, we've got some of our colleagues who are out there promoting it. You know, government has exploded uh, just from 2019 to now, and obviously a lot of that had to do with, with uh, the, all that COVID money that we've talked about. But just to, the regular baseline of spending, we went from about $4 trillion to $6 trillion, and instead of going back to the $4 trillion and saying that's where we're going to cut – we're going to cut off the $6 trillion. So it's like, they, and, they're, and they're coming, they have the hubris to come to the American people and actually call it a cut. I remember these debates, Chip, back in the days of, of Ronald Reagan when we were talking about he wanted a 5% cut to real spending, not to the rate of growth. That's that whole baseline budgeting thing here. So to me, and I could be reading this whole thing wrong, but I'm, I'm paying close attention to what you're saying. This is more smoke and mirrors from from Washington that people like myself are just fed up with, tired of it. It is. I mean, look, all of this is going to boil down to how we handle the appropriations spending process in the fall. Here's my problem. The same people today that are cutting this deal, okay, they're going to have to figure out how to cut the deal this fall. When all of the uh, big spenders, whether you're a defense big spender and I know you and I are both very pro-defense, but we're not blindly right. pro-defense. Right. Oh, here you go. Here's a blank check to keep having a transgender activist do your recruiting right. and wonder why your recruiting levels are through the floor. Right? Like, you've got to go hold defense accountable. You can't give them a blank check. It's particularly in San Antonio, where we are so devoted to the military. This fall, what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do to make sure that we're not spending money we don't have, using defense as an excuse and by the time we get to December and we're facing, oh, crap, we don't have a deal. And they say, oh, we got to get a deal. What happens when a massive omnibus bill is brought to us and they say, Chip, this is the best we can do to make sure defense gets a pay raise. You're just going to have to deal with it. And I vote no in the in the rules committee. Well, where will everybody else be? on that question and i think that's what we need to figure out between now and december before i let you go because i know you got to hit it again early this morning what do you think about vacating the chair uh, all it takes is one person uh, will, do you, or will you be that person or will somebody else be that person or where do you think that stands you know i'm not going to go down that road at this point okay. here's the thing yes, um i've got a good relationship with kevin i'm trying to work to make sure that we that we move everything in the right direction um, I'm going to talk to a bunch of my colleagues about how we reset this this whole situation. Prior to this last week, things were working. We passed a really good bill on the spending front. We passed a really good border bill. It was working because we were all sitting around a table. I talked to Kevin yesterday. I said, I don't like this deal. You know I don't like this deal. I'm going to publicly beat the crap out of this deal. But look, we've got to leave this country going forward. I don't want to get into the petty crap. Mm-hmm. We all have to sit down as adults next week and figure out our next step forward and move onward. The American people sent us here to do a dang job. So it, if it gets better, we'll be good. If it reverts back to the normal Washington crap, mm-hmm. then it ain't going to be good, and we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Well, I think you had the right answer when you said take that you know that eighty uh, eighty seven billion or whatever it was for IRS and give that to Janet Yellen. That'll cool her heels for the summer, and then you can put together yep. an actual plan. I know. Uh, I know Rand Paul's doing the same thing over in the Senate. He introduced uh, a piece of legislation yesterday that raises the debt ceiling by $500 billion to get through the summer real quick, or $500 million. Yep. Yeah, whatever it was. Yep. Right. I mean, that was – yeah, it's hard to keep track of yeah. the, the billions, the right. billions, the trillions, the millions. 
But, yeah, that's right. Um, Rand is right on this. Uh, Senator Cruz has been right on this. Mike Lee, others in the Senate. We'll see what happens. Problem is probably there's enough Republicans to combine with Democrats. I mean, look, the yeah. ultimate measure of how this is going to be seen, right. the vast majority of Democrats seem like they support this di- deal and are, the administration is pushing it. That should tell you something, <laughs> given how crazy this administration is. Well, it, w- Joe Biden's chief negotiator on this deal says this keeps all of our progressive policies in place that we put in place in the past two years. So Correct. that tell you everything Correct. you need to know right there. Chip, we yep. appreciate you so much, Congressman, and we'll, uh, we're continuing to follow this to the bitter end. And thank you for finding the time to be on with us. And no, my pleasure. God bless, Trey. You too. That is Congressman Chip Roy joining me here on KTSA. Got a comment about any of that? 210-599-5555 at Stevens Roofing. You get outstanding customer service and a wonderful product with your standing seam metal or your composition roof, either one. We live in some pretty weird weather areas around here, right? Because one minute it'll be 2,000 degrees outside and you'll be baking an iguana on the ground. And then a couple minutes later, it's freezing. <laughs> we it's, it's pretty extreme. Not that bad, but you know what I'm saying. It can get crazy around here, and that's tough on roofs. And your friends over at Stevens Roofing are offering you, as they always have, a free roof inspection. You got anything going on there? Could be a problem for you. You want to make sure that you're out in front of it, so you're repairing your roof or replacing your roof ahead of time because it protects your largest investment, your home. Go with the best. Go with San Antonio's own Stevens Roofing. Check them out online, and you can book that appointment there, too. StevensRoofing.net. Paint your home one and done with Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield.